Thank you for joining my podcast today, Conversations with Ray Martinez. I am your host today, and we're going to share 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 through 11. This is really the commission of the good news, and it's about being unashamed. That's what I've titled this message. Let's read this together. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord, and don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. When the strength of God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. Wow. With the strength God gives you. I can't emphasize that enough. God gives you the strength. Verse 9. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserve it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the good news. Jameson Fawcett and Brown, I like some of their commentary on this, and it talks about how Paul felt it necessary to stir up Timothy, stir him up, and to guard him against the possibility of unchristian dereliction of duty as to bold confession of Christ. Bingo, his commentary, the Bible says that shame in 2 Timothy 1.8 is the companion of fear in 2 Timothy 1.7. If fear be overcome, false shame flees. Paul himself in 2 Timothy 1.12 and Onesphorus in 2 Timothy 1.16 were instances of fearless profession removing false shame. Yet Paul presents in contrast a sad instance of fear and shame in 2 Timothy 1.15, how people were shameful. There's nothing for us to be ashamed of. Remember in verse 7, God gave us the power of what? Love, the relational ingredient that enables us to attract and connect with others. And then he gave us power, the courage and confidence to get the job done. And then he talks about sound mind. That's the perspective and wisdom to grasp a vision and take the right steps. So we shouldn't be ashamed because he has equipped us. And in fact, he instructs us not to be ashamed, but to share in sufferings. God gave Timothy and us everything needed to accomplish the job. He empowered us before he ever expects from us. He gives before he demands. We receive his competence before we receive his commands. God will never ask you to do something that he hasn't already equipped you with. You have the tools, use them. Because believers were being arrested and executed, Timothy was concerned. Likewise, Paul was concerned for Timothy. Paul told him to expect suffering, but know that God would give him strength to endure. Fortunately, we, like Paul and Timothy, can call on the Holy Spirit to give us courage. Don't be ashamed to testify. In verses 9 through 10, it's clear that God loves us, called us, and sent Christ to die for us to illuminate the way to life through the good news. What is that good news? Well, that's what we're doing. We're studying the good news. 
Paul's leadership's ability was really explosive. He knew how to attract and equip people everywhere he went. He gathered listeners and taught them. He would enter towns and began to teaching for days and months and sometimes years. He mentored really too many leaders to even count. Some like Silas in Acts 15.22 and then others that were homegrown like Timothy that we're talking about. Then he turned them loose, giving them responsibility and authority. Wherever Paul traveled, he planted churches and left them with leaders to carry on the ministry. Paul was engaged in the ongoing development of leaders. In Acts 15.36, we read about his practice. It says, Let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Paul wanted to follow up. He wanted to make sure the word was being preached right and there was engagement. I like what John Maxwell says. He says, many who desire to lead followers do so because followers stroke their egos. They feel indispensable. The leaders who develop leaders work to make themselves dispensable. They don't want a following, but they want a legacy. Leaders who gather followers focus on people's weaknesses. Leaders who develop leaders focus on their strengths. Makes sense. That's good common sense. Paul wanted Timothy to be a genuine leader that didn't just gather followers by spending time, but he wanted to develop the quality leadership skill in Timothy to invest his time to prepare for the next generation of people and believers. And here we are today, many generations down the road, studying his word, trying to follow those footsteps. Think about what it says. Look at Luke 9:26. For whoever is ashamed of me, in my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory, and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. 1 Peter 4.16 But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. We read so much about don't be ashamed. 2 Timothy 2.15 Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. Paul's clear. You don't need to be ashamed. Ashamed of what? There's nothing to be ashamed of. Romans 1.16 and, and verse 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jews first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith as it is written. The righteous shall live by faith. So let me ask you, here's some probing questions. What has God chosen you to do? And what is your calling? What embarrassing moments have you experienced during your walk with Christ? And have you reconciled those moments with God? If not, now is the time. If not now, then when? There's nothing like the present. It's not on Thursday afternoon at 2 o'clock that you have to resolve this. He's saying, do it now. Get it out of the way. We have an obligation. We have the ministry, the gifts that God has given us. Let's develop them. Let's cultivate them and then use them. When I think of stories of people who've done unashamed acts that could have been ashamed or hesitant, if nothing else, or timid, I think of someone like Thaler Ironrope. 
Some of you may know him, but he is unashamed. And even though he may have a little bit of a speech impairment, he is not afraid to talk about the life of Christ in this walk with Christ. I'll give you an example. He shared a story one time where he was riding his bicycle down the bicycle path. It was called the Power Trail in Fort Collins. And he rode by this gentleman that was sitting on a bench somewhere nearby. And he felt the spirit just telling him, stop and pray for this man. Now that could have been an embarrassing moment, especially if that man didn't want prayer. What if he refused and just, you know, gave him a smart aleck answer of some sort? Taylor didn't know that. He just knew he had to do what the Spirit told him. He stopped, turned around his bicycle, rode back to the man, and asked him if he could pray for him. And the man agreed. And Thaler prayed for him and just prayed a heavy prayer with him. And then after he prayed for him, the man told him, said, you don't know how much I needed that. I'm just so glad that you stopped and prayed for me. And he walked away. I really think there's something deep and serious going on in his life. And we knew that when this man told him that he had just lost his wife a couple of weeks ago and he didn't know what to do with himself. I think there was something serious going on in his mind. And I think he really wanted to probably end his life. We don't know that for a fact, but it certainly was worth Thaler stopping and praying for him, being unashamed and doing what God had gave him the gift to do. He is a prayer warrior. And that was what he was supposed to do, and he did it, he obeyed, and I think possibly saved this man's life. I think all of us can experience this of being unashamed. Don't be afraid. Charles G. Finney was one who was the same way. He was a lawyer, and he was in the early 19th century, and he committed his life to Christ, and everywhere he preached, and he held some big revivals. He would tell people about the gospel and then he would stay in their town for two, three weeks, maybe longer, to teach them with follow-up about how to live for Christ and how to understand the word and use the gifts that were given them. That's being unashamed. God bless your day.